11 Dubcast. I'm John Aginter. He's Andy Vance. Lots of things going on. We've got women's basketball kicking butt. And as of this recording, in about an hour, they will most assuredly beat the number one uh, seed that they are playing in Virginia Tech. We've got some Ohio State practice uh, going on. We've got some commits to talk about. Non-revenue sports, all kinds of fun stuff happening. Andy, let's start with football. And it feels... I always feel like sometimes in the spring it sneaks up on us a little bit because we're so hyper focused on March Madness and on what the basketball team is doing. It's almost like the opposite of what happens in the fall where we forget that football is going around. And part of that, I think, is because you don't have a ton of access to these practices because that I almost feel like this is like, you know, some of the most secretive of the uh, of the of the football practice periods. But we got a cool report here. We got some interesting things going on. And, you know, I really enjoyed, so Griffin came out, wrote a really good, really good article about the standout performers. Everybody wants to know about the quarterback play. I was especially interested in Kyle McCord. And and so this is one of those things I'm just, I'm going to quote Ryan day here. He said, I thought he referring to Kyle McCord had some good plays better in the second half, especially when we got that ball to midfield early on, it was just okay. I think, but again, it's hard to tell. Got to look at the film but he certainly flashed there at the end, had some energy about him, had some leadership. And I think the whole offense was feeding off of that. What do you want to see? Andy Vance, uh, so that last line, <laughs> that last line there really got me excited, frankly, when he talked about, and I realized to some extent it's coach speak, but I'm talking about energy leadership um, and the offense feeding off that. If you go back, you know, you and I were talking about uh, the, the latter part of the season, particularly, you know, times when Ohio State's offense wasn't living up to its potential. The right. thing we kept saying is like, who's the guy, you know, that you you wanted to take. Who's the JT Barrett? Who's going right. to like yell at somebody? It, it, that, I was going to say you face. wanted to take the dog in JT Barrett and put it in CJ Stroud's talent. Like right. it was like if you could have put those two things together. So when I hear him talking about the offense feeding off of energy and leadership, that's what I want to see, because I don't I don't doubt for a minute the gifts or talents of any of the quarterbacks in the room, right? They came, Ryan Day brought him in. He's proven time and again that he's going to have, if not the best quarterback in the country, uh, same difference as. And so what I'm looking for really is who's going to be able to put their hands around this unit, this offense, uh, and and get it back to that sort of, you know, dominant impose your will kind of mentality instead of the I know they're capable of 600 yards a game but they could also you know sputter and fritter around and make you nervous for a game that that we saw at times last season and I I think that's all just a factor of of leadership that is not by the way I'm not I'm not you know taking a crap on CJ Stroud by any stretch of the imagination I'm I'm just saying those are the intangibles really that I'm looking at because I I feel confident whoever ends up with the starting job that they'll have the physical gifts to get the job done. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? To me, when I'm looking at this and and I'm looking at the reaction from the coaches and reports from the practice and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I was most surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think the quarterback, I have a lot of confidence in Ryan day and being able to determine who, uh, you know, the best quarterback is right to, to helm this team. I'm I'm not super worried about that. Kyle McCord and Brown, whoever, I think they'll do a, a fine job. And of course they've got a billion people to throw to. So that's really nice. What I'm kind of looking forward 
to seeing and hearing about and reading about during the spring are surprises, you know, guys that step up or units that you didn't expect to do as well as you might thought. And one thing that I was really heartened by with this report uh, was first of all, the two linebackers and steel chambers and Gabe powers kind of stepping out and, and really playing hard. And I think there was a theme in this scrimmage of the defense kind of getting the better of the offense in a lot of ways, particularly on the offensive line. And, you know, I guess you could say like, maybe that's a concern for the offensive line, but I really think the way it's portrayed and the way it was reported on and some of the comments for Ryan day that they're, I think they're like low key, pretty happy about where they are at linebacker and defensive line right now. Now, again, biggest concerns in the secondary, but that's easier to address if the linebacker and the defensive line is solid. And it looks like right now they're going to be pretty solid, especially with a guy like Jack Sawyer, for example, like being able to just go after it as opposed to overthinking and maybe having to play out of position a little bit. Well, and part of the reason I was really interested to read about what the, the ends and linebackers were doing there, as you highlighted is, is the thing we've talked about with the Jim Knowles defense is that time is, is your friend, you know, the, the longer, Knowles is in town, the better entrenched that system becomes, Mm -hmm. the more comfortable the veteran players are in executing it. And so with a guy like Sawyer having a year now in the system, uh, you know, seeing that he is comfortable and and feeling confident and, and, you know, that's a big deal that he's not being saddled with that hybrid jack position. He's focusing really on being the best edge rusher in the country, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's, that's all to the good because one of the things I think, you know, we talked about at times last year is that this wasn't a team that had an obvious chase young, uh, insert Boza brother here, kind of, you know, difference making. And they were really good. You know, the, no, no disrespect intended. They were fantastic, but you were waiting for, those guys to come in and just totally blow up plays. I think having him focused just as uh, an edge rusher this way, instead of this more hybrid Jack type position is a, is a good thing. Uh, but the other thing that I, I was thinking about, as you were talking about, you know, the concern with the secondary lingering is, Hey, you know, if, if I can continue to be confident as we have in recent years in Larry Johnson's ability to field an insanely good defensive line uh, and the linebackers to be, you know, good, uh, good to, to borderline great, then, then, Hey, that's a, a foundation you can build around and, and hope that those secondary guys, as they become more comfortable in the old system this season are, yeah. are, are able to shine as well. I think, you know, when, when the spring game rolls around who knows what that's actually going to look like, because nobody does, but when that happens, I think that's where all eyes are going to be on, and and frankly, if, if Ryan Day wants to give people a show, he's not going to run the ball <laughs> like at all during the spring game. Right. Because all people want to know is how well the quarterbacks are going to throw the ball and how well the uh, the cornerbacks are going to defend it. Um, so th- that's the thing about it is because you know that this team and this is, you know, I'm thinking back to, uh, you know, these NFL scout uh, comments, you know, during the pro day where they're like, just in awe of some of these athletes that are still on the team, not guys that are going into the NFL guys that are still on the team. And, you know, Ohio state has every chance to be right there in the national title conversation in 2023. They just, they got to make certain parts click. I mean, (laughs) I will, I will never stop ruining this 
until Ohio State wins another national championship, they were a quarter away from going to a natty and probably winning by, by like, I'm 99% sure they win that fourth quarter against Georgia. They win a national championship. Um, just based on what you saw, you know, obviously in the national championship. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind about that. They were were there. They were there. And so look, it's not one of those situations, I think, because you have attrition and that's something you have to do. It's not one of the situations like, well, okay, they just got to do this one thing and they'll be back. You're obviously losing a lot in CJ Stroud and, you know, other places and on your team, you got to replace that. You got to, you got to fill those gaps. Um, but this, the base of the team is still very, very sound and you get past Michigan, you know, you're still there. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this uh, spring kind of plays out. Speaking of foundations of the team, uh, Ohio state just got a commit from two offensive linemen, uh, Deontay and Devonte Armstrong, both four stars. And you might notice that they uh, have similar names. Uh, <laughs> that's because they're twins and uh, yeah, four star offensive linemen, you know, Ohio state, I think had been reeling a little bit from some Michigan inroads into Ohio recently. And I don't, you know, it's not like they're, Oh, they can't recruit anymore. Something happened. I don't, I don't think that's the case, but it does feel good to get two big name recruits, obviously twins. That's, that's a package deal. Um, you know, on your team in a position where, you know, that's, that's a pretty critical part of Ryan day's offense. So I like that. I, I, I this is really great news on a, on a Monday evening, I think. Yeah, it absolutely was uh, great news, and and you're you're right. If uh, if nothing else, because you like seeing monster offensive tackles from the state of Ohio stay in the state of Ohio, yeah. and and that the, the fact that Michigan had had pulled uh, an, an offensive lineman from the state of Ohio, it had been a long time since Michigan had pulled a highly touted player uh, up north, and you know certainly cause for concern anytime you're losing the best and brightest from from in-state particularly given that Ohio State hasn't won that game for a couple of years now so then you start to say well geez is this change the recruiting calculus and then yeah, here as the worm you, turned yeah and then you you bring in two guys like this uh who you know not only are talented enough to be difference makers but also you could tell in their comments and tweets and so on on their commitment day that they're going to lean into the whole you know staying in ohio thing i think one of them made the comment the best in ohio stay in ohio uh, a little shot across the ballot that uh, uh right. players who might have you know, gone elsewhere so i mean that's all part of it right is is not only are they good enough but they get it and mm-hmm. there's you know it's that back to the the trestle era build a wall kind of concept we 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 don't necessarily uh, recruit the way Jim Trestle did anymore, but you keep the best at home and and maintain that advantage. Uh, you're going to have a pretty good day. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know, as far as the offensive line goes specifically, I, I think that this is one of those things where you know Justin Fry, you want him to kind of like leave his stamp, and in a lot of ways, and I think he's done that. I think the offensive line has, has in general performed very well and improved. You know, that was one of the issues that I think people had two years ago is like, okay, well, they're, they're pass blockings and fantastic, but they, can they run block? And I think that improved as the season went on. I think they figured out some things and did what they needed to do. Um, this, I think this is part of it. Like when you're, when you're a positional coach, I mean, you really are kind of crafting it 
in a certain way to, to accomplish certain things. And obviously the head coach is going to demand certain things. And, and, you know, especially with a guy like Ryan day, who's that really specific idea about an offense is going to look like, but it's, it's interesting to me always when um, you have these positional coaches who are so involved in the recruiting and, and you're really getting guys that they believe in and there might be, you know, highly ranked players that they maybe take a pass on or they don't look as hard at because that doesn't fit in their particular system. So for better, for worse, I think, you know, obviously four stars are great. I mean, just on the you know face of it, but <clears throat> I think it's another indication. That this is kind of an offensive line that's being molded into um, Justin Fry's kind of image. And I, and I like that. I, I like seeing that. I like seeing that kind of creation, I guess, of a unit. Um, and, you know, you know, it's, it's fun to see Ohio state pull in big time recruits as well. So I'm excited about that. I, you know, I, I think overall, if you're looking kind of at the overall recruiting rankings and then maybe some of like the misses and things like that, that Ohio state has had, I, I don't know. What is your expectation at this point for Ohio state? Because they've been, they've done so well. We, we made so much hay over, you know, what Ohio state and Ryan day has been able to do in terms of recruiting, what, what is your overall expectation? Like on a year to year basis at this point? Yeah. My assumption is, is a couple things. One that Ryan day will have, you know, if not, as I said earlier, if not the best quarterback in the country, as good as this makes no difference. Uh, and that they will be a top five recruiting class pretty much every year that he's here because that's, that that's just sort of the standard that, he's set, you know, so, um, I guess my expectations are just, you know, keep doing that, <laughs> yeah. you know, which, you know, would sound ridiculous anywhere other than Ohio state or Alabama, you know, those, those kind of things. Um, I, I, I look at, at what they've done here and, and it's easy, I think, to get caught up on the misses, so to speak, the, the quote, I'm, I'm using air quotes when I say misses, it's easy to get caught up on this player went somewhere else or whatnot. And I'll admit, you know, when I see something pop up on Twitter that this kid committed there or that committed kid somewhere else, I always think, gosh, well, that was dumb. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why, why would you want to go somewhere else? And then, you know, you, you, you quickly realize like, you know, Ohio state doesn't, isn't, can't get them all. You can only take 85 kids a year. Right. So right. Uh, some of them are going to go somewhere else and you hit the nail on the head. Like you're, you're not just recruiting, uh, an avatar on Madden, right? Like it's, it, they're, they're individuals uh, with personalities and, and do they fit the culture and the scheme and the system and all those kind of things. So it's, it's really, really more complex than my lizard brain wanting just say all five stars should come to Ohio state period. Well, and so I, you know, I agree with that. I obviously agree with that. And I think that's absolutely right. And it, it has to fit the team and what they want. And, you know, with NIL, of course, it's, you know, what each player kind of expects from the team and all that kind of stuff. I just think that looking at the recruiting rankings, right? So if you look at, you know, 24-7, Ohio State right now is in 2023, they're the fifth ranked team, uh, only one five-star compared to some of their compatriots. I mean, Alabama's got nine, which I mean. Insane. <laughs> which also just to go back to Nick Saban's comments about NIL ru ruining everything. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what, I understand that, you know, he truly believes that. I don't think it's completely in relation to how Alabama is doing, but I also think that they're fine. <laughs> There's, it's well, not. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would stand up for Nick Saban and say both things can be true. Sure. Like that, 
that he absolutely believes what he's saying and yeah. and he may be right and if you're him you're also going to play you, you know you live in the world as it is not the world as you wish it would be mm-hmm. right so one thing you know about Nick Saban is he's going to do whatever he can to win national championships and in the world he lives in that is playing in this NIL ballpark and so they're going to do whatever it is they need to do to win and they're yeah. going to do it better than everybody else because that's just what he does um and at the same time you know i i think it's reasonable to say that you know he believes what he says he's not just saying it for his own entertainment i guess uh yeah. it's just and- interesting i i i think you know there are some people saying like well it's because alabama is going to be at inherited disadvantage yeah you know? no and i'm like i fine. don't know yeah, they're I really fine. have a hard time believing that, honestly. Well, because um, because the the advantage they have, I mean, you know, again, I'm I'm a wannabe uh, economist by nature, right? So, the what you're talking about when you're talking about NIL versus, um, you know, going to Alabama. Let's pretend Alabama didn't pay anybody. You know that there was no yeah. uh, NIL money in Alabama. Bam ain't paid nobody. Bam, Bam ain't paid nobody. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. You're, you're talking about delayed gratification, right? Because if you go to Bama, you're going there with the assumption that you're going to play in the league. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get your money. So it's just with where where NIL has moved the payday forward uh, in theory for, for some of these guys. So I think if you're confident enough, if you're a five-star is being recruited by Nick Saban, you're confident you're going to make it at the next level. Right. But isn't that the case in like basically every – you know, major program like that. That's, that's the thing that kind of bought Like Nick Saban's like, Oh, they're just trying to take the money and they're not thinking about their future. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like if a guy is a five-star and he's a nationally known guy and, and people are after him and he's willing to get that bag and they're, they're paying him, you know, a million bucks, 2 million bucks, something crazy. It doesn't matter for this player where they go. Really? It, it's all, it's just an economic choice. They're not hurting their future job prospects. They're not, you know what I mean? Like it's, I think what he was trying to say is basically like, well, this is Alabama. We'll develop you as opposed to, you know, if you end up going to like Pittsburgh, right. You won't get that same development. But honestly, if you're a five-star and you go out and you ball out at Pittsburgh and you're Kenny Pickett, you're still a first round draft pick. Like nobody cares. I don't. I, and the other thing is, of course you can transfer whenever you want. So. Yeah. I it, think the thing that what, what, where, where the will develop you thing plays, cause God knows Ohio state leans hard into the developed here, sure, yeah. uh, you know, branding is you're not just talking about the getting drafted then at that stage. It's because you're right. If you're a five-star, the odds are that you're getting drafted regardless of where, where you yeah. play that, that that's true. Uh, but the rest of it is look at wide receivers coming to Ohio state, right? So you sure. you get to study under Brian Hartline. And so year one, you're going out there as a rookie because this is now a thing that happens regularly. <laughs> you're going to go out and make an impact as a rookie and have a shot at rookie, you know, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, you know, whatever it happens to be, because you go into the league, not just draftable, but ready to play uh, mm-hmm. in year one. And and Hartline's had multiple guys. If you're, you know, what Nick Saban is selling, in essence, is... You know, hey, uh, you come here, you're going to be ready not just to get drafted, but to go play. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to develop you. And I think that's 
you know, I think that's a fair argument that that you can make if you're Alabama or Ohio State. I don't know if you can make that argument if you're Arizona State, you know, that, hey, right. you're going to get the same development here that you would get because uh, that they don't have that track record, you know, and I just picked that name out of the hat. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a dig at Arizona state, sure. but sure. you know, there's only a Take few that Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> they love and dubcast long running hatred of Arizona state. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners of the program will know. Uh, so that, that part, I think it's, so it's, there's the difference between being drafted, but also the, the development. I mean, that's a, it's a thing. It's a thing, you know, so maybe you're thinking about your second contract, not just your your you know rookie contract. I, right. I, I get it. It's then just, again, you know, I don't know how far ahead I think those you know those students uh, student athletes are thinking. You know, I don't know that they're thinking about their second contract. Who knows? I mean, I'll be honest, man. If somebody, if I'm if I'm 20 years old, eating <laughs> eating lunches consisting of peanut butter and jelly and a handful of goldfish crackers, like you know, five days a week. Uh, and somebody says, "Hey, here's two million dollars." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, "Where do you want me to go to school? I don't really care. It's fine. It's fine." Like, I where, got where do I sign? I got I I was a very mediocre to bad athlete, right? Throughout most of my life, I did get a recruiting letter for water polo uh, in high school. If that tiny college had said, "Hey, we'll give you a million dollars," to like i know you've gotten to ohio state i know you just got accepted to high state you're super excited about this we're going to give you a million dollars to do water polo in the middle of nowhere i would have been like where give me a map how do we get there let's go let's ride <laughs> like yeah, it's you, a million dollars yeah, so go to I, school I and mean, you know go to school in hell's armpit for the right yeah. amount of, of money <laughs> like where is this guaranteed are you putting it in my bank account let's, right. let's do this um so yeah i just it's interesting how this will play out and you know I do think one of the things that Ryan Day and company have emphasized with their recruiting and, and done a very good job with this in general is kind of creating like a, when I say create a team, I mean like a cohesive unit guys that are really in it to win it at Ohio state for the most part. Um, and that's, that's, that's saying something. I mean, again, Ohio state has a great brand and Brian Day is a great coach and they're obviously very successful. And of course you've got this, it's not just Brian Hartline now. I mean, you bring back James Laurinaitis. That's a big honking deal defensively. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And and really, it's cool for Ohio State fans, but I really do think his name has cachet. In the no, same no. I mean, I, that's why I, I think it's cool because I think he's going to be a fantastic uh, yeah. addition to the staff. And, you know, you know you've got a guy who's like the leading tackler in, you know, in an NFL franchise history. history. Like that's a, that, yeah. you know, that is not a small, that is not a small thing. It's, he's not, just a guy who played for the local team. Right. Exactly. So he's, he's got a lot of clout. Um, and you know, Laurenitis is a really personable dude. He's a really intelligent guy. I just, you know, I think they're building. You, you imagine really recruiting against court. him. You know, if you're, you're, you're some, you know, random, random linebackers coach and you're coming in and you're in a living room against, against that guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking here in a few years, you yeah. know, it's like you're a wide receiver, you're recruiting a wide receiver and you, you see Brian Hartline on the doorstep as you're walking up for your visit. Don't you just turn right. around and go back to the airport? Yeah. You're like, screw this. This is not <laughs> worth my time. I find some other dudes. Um, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this progresses. Obviously all eyes are going to be on the spring game. Um, but yeah, football's still around. We'll be talking about all of that leading up to the spring game, obviously leading up to the NFL draft. A couple things I want to get into here. We got, we got to talk about some basketball though. Ohio state women's and, and, 
we're recording this a few minutes before they take the court here, but I do want to address getting over UConn in the Sweet 16. Hello, let's do this. That big, big win, possibly the biggest in program history for the first time in decades. Ohio State is in the Elite Eight. Finally, I think living up to the promise that you've seen with some of these teams under McGuff. Yes. Um, you know, and taking out UConn, this traditional blue blood, which I kind of made this point last week, maybe not quite to the heights that we've that you may remember them, right? Uh, but still very, very good. And I don't think anybody thought that they were gonna, I didn't think anybody thought they were gonna beat these guys. And they came out and they just they punched them right in the face. And that's that's really I mean, honestly, I think that's what did it. Um, UConn shot, you know, oh, like they didn't shoot poorly. They weren't terrible. But the turnovers that Ohio State was able to cause, um, they stayed pretty close on rebounds. But the the fact that Ohio State just got after them and was able to generate points off of, uh, you know, Husky turnovers was huge. Um, that was a, that was a hell of a game. That was a lot of fun to watch. And um, yeah, they, they get tonight. They're taking on VT. And I think, you know, when you look at the UConn game uh, and calling it, you know, one of the biggest wins in, in history is not a stretch. First Sweet 16 win since 93. That's uh, meanwhile, putting UConn out of the Sweet 16 or first loss in the Sweet 16 since 05. So you're talking about things that, yeah, as you said, haven't happened in decades. Uh, I'm I was super impressed with that. And I think you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's been a lot of promise in this program in, in recent seasons. And and you've seen flashes of what's possible and, and now they're delivering. So very excited for the women and, and think, you know, just bodes well for the future of that program. Uh, I just also- think they've got, I gotta tell you something, man, just real quick. So I, I just think they have a really strong core too. I mean, with JC Sheldon and, and Taylor Mike, so, I mean, these, these players are really tough and that's the thing. I, I think maybe that's what was missing in some of these earlier uh, seasons and some of these teams that had a lot of promise is that mentally when they got into a dogfight, it was like they would back down a little bit or they just tried to shoot their way out of it. That's not what this team does. This team will just like, they, they will press and go after you and go after you. And it almost honestly, that's what you would want to see. That's what I've been wanting to see out of Holtman's teams. Uh, that kind of aggressiveness and and just like you know get after it mentality. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch. They're a lot of fun to watch. Those guards are are, are legit. You got four you know four of the five starters averaging double digits. So you've got plenty of shooters yep. on the team, which is great. Mike Sell, as you mentioned, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, shooting nearly forty one percent from beyond the arc, which is you know, very helpful to have. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do here against the Hokies, uh, you know, apologies in advance to the audience that this is recorded before the game happens, but we're I am gonna, fully confident they win. Yep, yeah, absolutely. We're <laughs> call, call our shot. They've, they've got this. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, one more bit of basketball news. Bryce Sensabaugh, no surprise has entered his name in the 2023 NBA draft. He does have the option to return back to Ohio state. I sincerely doubt he will exercise said option. Um, you know, he's, he's got all the tools um, to, you know, make an impact in the NBA. I don't think he'll be like an immediate star, but he's definitely one of those guys who I think could develop with his skills, his shooting skills is, is be able to create a shot. I mean, that's really it. I think in the NBA, the modern NBA, it's not just distance, you know, shooting that you have to be good at, but 
when you can tell that a guy is going to be successful is when they're able to create and that guy can create with the best of them. So I, I think he's going to go and, you know, all the best to him. I, I hope he has, you know, a great career and, and finds a really great place. Yep. Absolutely agree. And, and you're, you're spot on, you know, <laughs> fans who are like holding out the, so you're saying there's a chance, uh, meme yeah, don't, don't, don't expect it. He gone, yo. And, and with good reason, uh, top, you know, top recruit freshman of the week honors a boatload of times in the big 10 and, and, uh, you know, maybe the end of the season wasn't what he'd hoped for kind of injury, put him out of the big 10 tournament, um, you know, untimely, untimely exit for him. Um, team seemed to do okay, surprisingly enough, um, without even those games, be that as it may. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's going to be a guy that I think you're going to look at in a couple of years. It's like you said, uh, you know, he's not going to necessarily be an immediate impact guy, but he's a guy that I could see, you know, like a uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell that you're talking Mm -hmm. about four or five years from now. Right. And saying, man, that guy's had a, that guy's had a really good career, you know? And so, you know what I love from his uh, statement on, um, on Twitter, where he's talking about it. Cause he's, you know, he's from Florida, he's from Orlando and, um, so he, you know, he thinks his mom and dad, which is great. And then he thinks he says Ohio state and he says, I am inexplicably prideful to say that I am a bug guy, (laughs) (laughs) which is a great way to put it. Like you kind of enter and you're like, okay, I'm playing for a college team. And they're like, wait a minute, why do I care about this so much? (laughs) And you see that with a lot of players from out of state where they're like, wait a minute, why am I so pissed off if somebody like denigrates the bucket? And so you get, you kind of get indoctrinated into the, into the you know the whole Buckeye life, and so I think that's cool. I, I I think the dude you know left it on the court. He played really well. Again, the team was a mess for a huge chunk of the season, but it wasn't due to you know people not trying or not trying to play. And and frankly, he was usually the best player on the court for most of that, even when they were bad. Um, so you know, like I said, all the best to him. Hope he has a great career, and it'll be fun watching his uh, his growth in the NBA too. So I think that'll be fun. Um, so we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirt, shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. It will eventually get warmer, I think, in Ohio. Who knows? I mean, it's supposed to like, I think, wintry mix, I believe, is in the forecast in the next few days. Sure Whatever. Buy a t-shirt. It'll be great. We also have hats, though, if you don't truly believe that winter is actually dead. Um, and let's let's go ahead and, and pivot to the best segment in all of sports podcasts, and by which I mean ask us anything. And I want to remind you that you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Let's go ahead and start with Kevin. Um, so we kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but he says, guys, in spring football, what position battles are you looking at? Is there any, Andy, just we we did we did briefly kind of mention this but is there any like low key that you're really kind of interested in just because it's like i don't know your your own little pet thing yeah i i mean i you know the the gut reaction was like oh it's clearly the clearly the quarterback battle but that's nothing low key about that that's what everyone's waited yeah. on waiting on um in in you know no i don't think there's any position battles per se that i'm that I'm like really keyed up about. It's more so I want to see how these pieces and parts fit together. 
uh, because you think about like a couple of years ago when we were talking about the offensive line and they were really good at pass pro and not great in, in run blocking. And part of that was because you had that whole like four tackles <laughs> uh, arrangement where everybody on the line was a tackle and it, you know, it was good, but it wasn't great. And then you saw last year guys move to a more natural position and, and it, and it worked the, the, the rush blocking got, got much better. Uh, so, you know, same thing across the line. I was reading a great piece, um, that Griffin had written talking about Mike Hall and, you know, looking at him, you know, getting healthy. So you're looking and saying, okay, with, with that guy at a hundred percent, like how much better is that unit with him hundred percent? So it, it's more so not, I don't get real excited about position battles beyond the obvious marquee ones as what what's this donut look like when all of the ingredients are are whipped up and baked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's an excellent point um, because you don't really know, and especially when you have turnover and you know you just want to see how it's going to go. Um, I will say that I am kind of interested in how the kicking game is going to play out. Uh, you know, you 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 have a guy in Noah Ruggles who I think was was pretty well, and, and it's sad that you know maybe the last thing that this guy is known for is that missed field goal, but really not, I mean, not under ideal circumstances and not his fault. Um, but, you know, I think that that could be a, a an interesting, uh, I don't know. I think that could be an interesting uh, area of focus as we kind of get along through the season and seeing who ends up being in that position. Um, also, <laughs> Kevin says that his bracket is in disarray. How is yours? Well, I, I think everyone at this point, has a completely blown bracket because I don't think anybody predicted that there'd be what, like a four, two fives and a nine as the final four. I don't really think that was, that was quite expected by anyone at the beginning of this tournament. And I think yeah. that's pretty nuts. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not something that, uh, yeah, I mean, people, people have been in disarray for a couple weekends now. <laughs> I will be really disappointed if this, I don't really love the idea of Miami winning a national championship in basketball, but I wouldn't be super PO'd about it. Cause I don't even, have they even won a basketball championship ever? Not that I Cause know. I can't, I, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. So if they haven't won one, fine, you know what, whatever they, they can go ahead and get one. Um, I'm actually looking at, so they've actually, this is the only time they've been to the final four. Um, so you know what, if they want it, I wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't hate it. I don't want UConn to win. I, anybody else, if <laughs> FAU hits it, that's amazing and hilarious. That's the team I'm really rooting for, frankly. San Diego State, also very funny and good. I just don't want there to be a blue blood at the end of this, at yeah. the end of this golden road, because it's been such a crazy tournament to this point. You know what I yeah, mean? Like it, absolutely. it deserves a crazy ending. It deserves a team that you would never expect standing on top of the end of it. Cause this is really, I think when it's all said and done, one of the greatest uh, March madness uh, years ever, like this is so much fun. This has been absolutely. a great season, a great March madness tournament. Fantastic tournament. Lots of, lots of fun storylines. It's, it's the opposite of the years when it's just chalk for days. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. Cause, and, and maybe that's, you know, I don't care that my bracket screwed if you know, that proves that that's not always going to be the case. Um, all right. So this one's from Matt in Minneapolis uh, who wants to know if Ryan day can't beat uh, 
that team up north, what are the odds and how fun it would be if uh, the brain trust brought in John Harbaugh? <laughs> I mean, sure, it would probably be 15 million a year and another 20 million pull for assistance and another 15 million pull for staffers. But are you saying there's a chance? Uh, I'd add another wrinkle to our blood feud with the skunk weasels for sure. Can you imagine a brother v brother game every Saturday after Thanksgiving? That's a funny thought. And I appreciate the thought because that does make me laugh. Yeah. I that will know. never, ever, ever happen, particularly because, and this is why Jim Harbaugh keeps testing the waters of the NFL. You got that, you got that little taste of the Super Bowl. And that, you know, that's addicting. You want it. You want the whole thing. You got it. You got a little bite. Now you want the whole cow. And I think that's really what drives these guys. Now, I don't think, honestly, at this point, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is ever going to coach again in the NFL. I think, I think that ship has sailed, but I don't think he's going to stop trying. And I think it's because these guys just love that idea of winning a Super Bowl. So John Harbaugh, I mean, until he gets fired, um, he's going to, he's, he's in it to win another one. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's how these guys think. Yeah, totally agree. And and you seem you seem to see that. I mean, obviously you have you know guys who have gone back and forth from you know NFL to NCAA to NFL and and more so positional than head coaches. But it certainly happened. But it, it seems like all of them once they get that yeah that that taste of you know the peak of the mountain, that's where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, P.S. This is from Matt. P.S. Most Cantonese and Mandarin speakers also speak English, uh, with most Arabic speakers and his experience do not, unless they also speak Farsi, which mm. is interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, because we were talking a little about what language do you want to speak. It, the, yep. the language of business internationally, I mean, it's English, but it's just it's fascinating how all of the languages intersect and, you know, interact with each other. It's pretty cool. Um, and he also says that Minneapolis-St. Paul has by far the largest Somali population in the country. Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul has more than double the Somali population in the state of Ohio yeah. for 2020 numbers. So that's pretty cool. That's I, I. That's another thing I find fascinating is how various like locales become like epicenters for immigration. You know what I mean? And it, you know, it, it's it's interesting how that all plays out like sociologically and how you know, groups will be like, Hey, yeah, this is a successful place to be. And then it ends up being like Minneapolis or Columbus. Right. I don't know. It's just fascinating. Yeah. I've done uh, I've done a fair bit of travel to Minneapolis for work and, and usually um, it's a lot of times, you know, when you get the, the Uber <laughs> to the airport or, or you're interacting with people at the hotel or, or whatnot. And that's, I've learned a lot from talking to those folks about the, the, the community um and the the growth of the Somali population there's really interesting and and uh have been some really really fun conversations learning about what that was like you know to move here i mean for most of us it's hard to imagine uh you know leaving leaving your home country and going somewhere else and oh goodness and then like you know going all the way around the world like that's yeah. i mean yeah the the guts that it takes to do that and yeah i yeah i really don't think most people understand like how difficult that whole process can be um, all right. So last one here, this is from our good friend, Alvin. Uh, simply, what is your favorite activity to do with your kid slash kids? I think we both have one kid. Um, yep. yep. But what's what's your favorite activity? And you do a lot of fun stuff. Well, she, yeah. I, I mean, the hard part for me would be narrowing it down to just one thing. Like we we just got back from uh, doing a dog show trip, which how we spend a lot of our weekends is, is mm -hmm. dog shows. Uh, and, and I love that. Like, 
she and I just have a really tremendous, um, you know, bond and, and, and rapport, you know, that sounds a little sterile talking about your kid, but like we have fun together and we, you know, we have a similar goofy sense of humor. And I wouldn't say that I have like a super goofy sense of humor in public. I have a, a good sense of humor. Um, I, I don't tell jokes, but I do say things in a funny way, I guess. And, can be amusing in group settings, but like she and I can just be goofy together. Like I can be a big kid with her and she gets it where <laughs> the stunning Mrs. Vance sometimes I think rolls her eyes at my goofy kid humor. Um, but mm-hmm. the little and I, you know, can, can enjoy that together. So the dog show trips are fun times for us to do that. Um, but you know, also little things like, uh, you know, if mommy's got, got some work thing or something and then, you know, the little tyke and I go down to the the diner and just get breakfast together and, and just, you know, talk. I We talk about things maybe that she and mommy don't talk about or, you know, she's and, and, and you'll find this as your your son gets older too, Johnny. Like, it's not that there's like, you know, they're on team mommy or team daddy. It's not that at all. It's it's, you know, things you talk about with mom maybe different than things that you talk about with dad. And of course it'd be different for sure, you yeah. to have a son instead of a daughter in, in, in our case. But um, yeah, it's, I just, I really just enjoy just being with her. I, I she, she's just delightful. It, best thing that ever happened to me was becoming a daddy. Well, I will say having, having met your daughter, she is, she is delightful. I oh, agree. Very kind. Thank you. Um, I, my son. So my son's pretty young. I mean, he's not even. Yeah, years. I was gonna say year and a half. You, you. It's not like you've had a chance to take him golfing or off to Vegas yet or anything. No, <laughs> not yet. There, there's um, lots of fun stuff to come yet ahead for you. I'm sure I'll be able to monetize his his foibles somehow. <laughs> um, no, he's he's he's. I mean, he's developing his his personality, but he is a very one thing that I do enjoy, and I just like going places with him because he's a very observant. Uh, yeah, little baby and i know they all are like you know that they're all looking around and no but i mean like that's amazing isn't that one of the most amazing things is how yeah, observe, and, how much more observant our kids are than we are yeah and he's i mean he's i think it's just kind of in his natural personality like he likes to hang back when, when he gets in the new situations new places he will very quietly kind of observe and just look at everything and everyone in the area before like really engage. Like if, if he's in a, you know, like a new playground or there's a new environment we take him to with a bunch of people, it's not that he's nervous, but you can tell he's like working things out. He's like, what, how can I like exist in this space? So it's fun to watch him do that and just kind of like figure out, you know, like what's happening. What, what, what am I doing here is <laughs> just a cool experience to kind of see it through his eyes. Um, we actually went to Bob Evans this weekend and he's like obsessed with school buses. Like he loves school buses. Like he just likes big, big yellow, you know, giant machinery. Like he just thinks it's cool. And, uh, it was like right off the highway. And so we were good. We were good, but away from the highway, you'd still see the, the on-ramp, but he was, we were still pretty far away. And then like, it was probably a quarter mile away. He tracked a school bus and just like screamed like bus. Like he was super stoked. And I'm like, how did you even see that dude? Like that was, that was on the other side of the road, a quarter mile away. But he, he saw the little glint and he saw the, the color of the bus and he lost his mind uh, in the, in the Bob Bevan. So that was, that was fun. And I, I enjoy stuff like that. It's really fun just taking him around and, and watching him just observe things and whatnot. Um, he's also super insistent, uh, pretty much every afternoon after he gets picked up now that he, he goes to the the park so we can get on the slides. He loves slides. So that's his thing. 
but yeah I, I just you know i just like kind of seeing the world through his eyes a little bit and seeing yeah. how he interacts with it and that's that's fun it's a lot of fun so that's ask us anything great questions thank you for sending those in we'll continue answering them especially as we get closer into the off season a couple things we want to wrap up here with ohio state men's lacrosse takes down number six Rutgers. take that Rutgers. Oh, I hate Rutgers so much. They're lacrosse team. They're <laughs> terrible. Those jerks. But Ohio State, look, Rutgers is very good. Ohio State gets a cool win at home. We love to see it. We love to see it. It's great. Men swimming and diving. Uh, you know, they were uh they were 11th place in the NCAA championships. However, they did get a diver, Lyle Yost, uh, a national title. So that's pretty awesome on the one meter board. I got to tell you something. I I was a swimmer for a long time. One thing I absolutely never had a desire to do. One meter is not very high. That's you can do one meter. But one thing I never had a desire to do was do the diving stuff because that is as much gymnastics as it is swimming, probably much more so, frankly. And uh, that's that's some hard stuff. So, you know, big ups to him. That's awesome. Men's tennis continues to kick butt. That you know, I gotta tell you something. That's another one of those programs that we kind of like forget about a little bit, and then they have been quietly, consistently amazing for the past several years. So they're they're whopping on people, and I I love that. I love to see that. Um, and then you know you, you've got other like softball doing big things, synchronized swimming, winning their thirty fourth national title. And I know people are like, well, how many other teams are there swimming? It's, it doesn't matter. They've yeah. won 34 national titles. Uh, they are the big dogs in collegiate um, synchronized swimming. They are they are pretty freaking fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's it's almost a surprise when they don't win it, honestly, yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's it, any I, I've said before, you know, I don't care if it's tiddlywinks. If you can field a team, I want Ohio State to be the best in the country at it. And and they are. And, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, – to coach for continuing that that uh tradition i mean it's just a really just a really incredible dynasty uh and and the you mentioned lacrosse uh when you know number one that that was a huge win in and of itself but the other thing i've been reading um you know feedback on the new stadium uh the new lacrosse facility there and They've been selling that thing out, which, you know, again, kind of like Cavelli Center, you build it maybe a little smaller than what people would expect for a facility for a, uh, a, a uh, an arena at Ohio State. And, mm -hmm. you know, is it better to have a 13,000 seat arena half full or better to have, you know, a 7,000 seat arena filled to the rafters? Uh, and I, I saw it was I think it was on Reddit. Some people were like just blown away that resellers were selling lacrosse tickets for 200 a piece because the new facility was sold out because that game was huge and it was hype. And uh, so for them to walk away with the win, that was super cool. That was super cool. By the way, real quick, uh, just, just want people to maybe who aren't aware. Uh, so, you know, the synchronized swimming, right? They, again, they won the 34th national title uh, coached by Holly Vargo Brown. Hmm. Brown. That's interesting. Seemingly common name. I, there's no way 11 warriors could have any connection to that. Oh, that's right. Chase Brown, right. Our, our school session extraordinaire uh, happens to be her son. So that's I, uh, pretty awesome that, that I, I almost have. referred to her as friend of the program, but I'm like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta make sure we get her on the program. We've actually talked to him about having her on the program before. We and, need to have her on the we, we got to do that. Cause she is, she, uh, certified. And she won her six, 
uh, coach of the year award too. Cert- certified gangster. Cause that's yeah. yeah. Six coach of the year and 34 national titles for the program. That's a lot of national titles. And by um, the way, take that Stanford and university and incarnate word. You jerks. <laughs> 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 I just, I mean, I was telling you before we started recording, I really hope that they just bust into every, you know, competition that they're at and just like, knock you know sandwiches out of people's hands and you know flick people in the ear and just you know do horrible mean things because you can't say anything to ohio state synchro they're amazing they're the best in the game it's not really close um that's pretty awesome so cool i you know and again let me ask you this let's get out here on this i want to ask you one more question ohio state fields a lot of varsity sports i mean a lot of varsity sports is there a sport one that they have or not, but is there a sport that you would love to see Ohio state non-rev become super, super dominant in a la women or well, synchronized swimming? Yeah. Wrestling for me. Absolutely. Because you have a situation now where Penn state, you know, has become uh, what we were just talking about with Ohio state synchronized swimming. They've won, I think Cal Sanderson's now 10 out of 12 years. He's been head coach. They've won the national championship. That's a lot. And, you know, and, and, and considering the level of uh, competition in the United States with that, that's kind of insane. That's, that's nuts. Well, that in, in the big 10, you know, and you go back and historically like Iowa under Dan Gable, that's what they were doing for, for decades. Right. And, you know, Sanderson came in and he's, I mean, it just, and I was reading, there was a really great piece in the athletic uh, about Kale Sanderson in particular. And, and like, they almost didn't hire him. Like there was a mm. booster, a well-heeled booster who basically had to say, um, uh, you know, we're going to hire this guy period. And it's, it's amazing what, what he's done. So, you know, that to me would be, if we could, if we could see Ohio state, you know, somehow upset that apple cart and become as dominant in wrestling as what the synchronized swimming team is. That would be incredible because I won't say that, you know, you, 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 Penn state, uh, they arrival like that team up North and in football and so on. Uh, You know, you can, people can draw their own conclusions, but I would say within the wrestling program, it's, you know, you're, you're looking at Penn state as that's the team to beat. That's the program to, to, to eclipse. And, you know, they've they've the only team, uh, you know, for about a, a 10 year stretch to beat Penn State was Ohio State. Iowa has been there more recently, but um, that's th- that would be my answer to the question. What about you? Who are you? Who are you? Putting well, I was going to say I was going to say highlight, but, um, you know, <laughs> wrestling is a pretty good choice. <laughs> now, honestly, it, it, this would just be my pet. I mean, wrestling would be fantastic, but I for me, I. If I'm if I'm excluding wrestling, I think really I want to see Ohio State be like a dominant swimming power would be awesome. I would love that because just because I had so much connection to the sport and I played it, you know, I swam for such a long time um, and I really do love it for Ohio State to be like, you know, up there winning national titles. That would I, I would go to swim meets. I would. Oh, my God. I, I would love that. I think that would be really great. So that would probably be my choice. Um, so lots of great stuff in the dubcast this week. Uh, we're excited for spring football. We're excited to see how women's basketball do tonight. Uh, but we'll be back next week to break it all down. And until then, I'm Johnny. Hi, I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.